The following program is sponsored by Larry Dersham. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to Live with Dr. Wendy. My name is Wendy Patrick, and as you heard, I am a trial attorney with a Master in Divinity degree and a doctorate. But before the board starts lighting up with callers with COVID-19 medical questions, I am Dr. Wendy with a PhD in theology. So while I can't promise medical advice, I can promise lively analysis, bringing a balance of grace and justice to our discussion of the headlines streamlined. And that's exactly what you are going to get every week here on Dr. Wendy. We're going to deliver news you can use straight up. No sugarcoating or catastrophizing. Objective but optimistic. We hope you call in and join our conversation. Joining me is friend and colleague Larry Dersham, a state planning attorney, San Diego County hearing officer, and president of National Law Center. Hi, Hi, Wendy. Great to see you today. So acknowledging the obvious overriding topic, our prayers are with everyone impacted by COVID-19 in any way, whether physically, psychologically, or financially. Despite some of the photos I keep seeing on Facebook and Instagram, not everyone stuck at home has been enjoying a staycation. I don't care how nice your house is. For some people, the quarantine period has felt like house arrest and at home. Let's face it, some people have been more productive than others. Not everyone has built their own home gym, learned a new language, or mastered the perfect quarantine cocktail. Some people have been struggling to make ends meet, as well as dealing with themselves or their loved ones who have contracted the virus. Now, some do not have a measurable fever. They have cabin fever. They're going stir crazy, looking forward to getting back out into society, into the hustle and bustle of life. But as we emerge collectively from our period of confinement, we will look different. At least in San Diego, if we are following the rules, we will all have one feature in common, a mask, or more appropriately, a face covering. Now we're going to have some fun tonight discussing exactly what qualifies as a mask and how you can use yours as a fashion accessory or to make a statement. But the important point to make is that as of yesterday, if you are outside and within six feet of a non-family member, you better have one on. That's right. That's one of the new rules and regulations designed to promote a safe re-emergence. But before we get into that, We're also getting into new travel rules, and this just in. Starting Monday, if you have to go anywhere on a plane, be aware that airlines have new rules. They are also requiring masks. Some will even provide them, but there's more. Remember that rolling cart of goodies that comes down the aisle shortly after you've gone wheels up on a flight? 
Well, for the foreseeable future, it may be just that, a happy memory. Many airlines are moving instead to prepackaged foods and sealed beverages, if that. Some airlines have actually suspended all snack and beverage service. So be aware if you're traveling, look up your airline to see what they offer, if anything. And keep that in mind when you're booking, because some airlines don't even serve beer and wine anymore. And if you think, oh, I'll just book first class, maybe you can get a cocktail, but there will be no more towels or fancy glassware. Now you can drink your champagne out of a disposable single-use cup. So what we want to know, if you care to join us, is will these new rules impact not only your choice of airline, but your choice to fly? Call us and let us know. 888-344-1170. So back to the mask law. One of the things we want to talk to you about tonight and ask for your opinion on is what exactly is a mask? Right, Wendy. Uh, first, a little bit of the science of wearing masks. The Mayo Clinic says that cloth masks protect others in case the wearer of the mask has the virus. However, the N95 mask, which we'll talk a little bit about later, helps protect the wearer from getting a virus from others. And that's why you see doctors often wearing the N95 mask. Now, it's interesting about N95. When you hear that in the news, you know, what does it mean? Well, the N stands for not resistant to oil, if that makes sense. And the 95 designation means that the respirator blocks at least 95% of very small particles. That's uh, uh, smaller than 0.3 microns in size. So it's very protective. Well, Larry, let's talk a little bit more about the N95 because there has been a, a new trending topic on social media, and that has been called social distance shaming. And what this has meant, if you follow Twitter and Facebook and all the other places that topics trend, is that people care when I you know, ask the question, masks matter, do you wear an N95 simply to go to the grocery store? Now, many people care for loved ones at home and say, you bet I do. Maybe I could survive COVID-19, but I sure would hate to infect somebody who is compromised in my household. But in terms of something less than an N95, is a bandana good enough? And what exactly are, are I guess, patrons of all sorts within the establishments that are open what are they going to do when they see somebody without their mask? Right. Well, they're, uh, they should uh, probably say, well, you can't enter this establishment unless you do have a mask. I think I've seen some supermarkets where they will literally have some spare masks to pass out if you try to go in without a mask. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, in the beach area, I, a lot of people I've noticed are, are not wearing masks. And I don't know if that's some sort of rebellion on their part, but they're out playing uh, a soccer ball in the street and so forth. But uh, that may be changing. Uh, now, one important thing about this, Wendy, uh, from the CDC, they recommend that if you're under two years old or if you have a, a baby, a child under two years old, they should not wear a mask. And here's something yeah. else I just uh, thought about on my own. It's getting into the summer months. The cars get hot. 
And I know there's been times when I've been sitting in the car with a mask on and it's almost suffocating. And I think there could be some danger there if the cars get too hot and you're wearing a mask. So just something to think about. And that's exactly one of the complaints that we're hearing from many people that are just getting into the rhythm and the practice of putting on a mask, always having one with them. Because remember what the laws say. It doesn't say you have to necessarily strap on a mask before you step over the threshold of your home. But it says you have to have one available, a face covering, if you come within six feet of someone. So I guess if someone surprises you, you got to be in a position to, to whip that thing on. But here is what many people really want to know. Now, in San Diego, it really is an emphasis on education. But that is not true in other jurisdictions. Remember New York City, where Mayor de Blasio actually drew some heat last week by going online and going on social media and encouraging neighbors to turn each other in for failure to abide by the mask law. So there was this emphasis more on reporting than on the cohesive kind of collaborative effort that we should be taking to keep each other safe. But what really caught people's attention was the fact that in New York City, as with other jurisdictions, Larry, there is a fine. There is teeth to these laws depending on where you live. So because we have listeners online from all over the world to make sure that wherever you live, you look up what exactly you have to put on before you leave your house and make sure you also know what the penalties are if you forget it at home. Probably a good idea to go back before entering any kind of an establishment that's open. Absolutely, Wendy. And going back to that part about neighbors telling on neighbors, just so everybody knows, in San Diego County, where we're broadcasting from, if you dial 211, you can report violations. I kind of hate to say that because it's a little bit uh, worrisome that you're going to be reported on by a neighbor, uh, but that does exist here in San Diego County or Southern California. It gives a whole new idea to this idea of, of neighborhood watch. You know, we normally think that's neighbors banding together to protect each other from intruders to the community. But in some jurisdictions, haven't seen it so much yet in San Diego, but I'll use go back to New York City. Sorry. I'm sorry for anybody who's from New York only because that was something that the mayor suggested. Now he's probably dialed that back. Sometimes you have to test out these ideas on social media to decide what works and what doesn't work. But it is true. We don't want to become a society of mask police. What we do want is to become a society where we honestly help each other learn why we should endure the discomfort in order to protect ourselves, our loved ones, and our community. So while you're correct, we're not going to be running around turning our neighbors in. We are going to be seeing this as an impact on education. So stick with us. We're going to talk a little bit more about what this grand reopening of the community is going to look like right after the break. You're on Live with Dr. Wendy, back in a flash. cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 
Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Scripture tells us if you say, I hope all goes well, what good is it unless you do something to help? In other words, if you're a voting age believer trusting God to protect and restore Judeo-Christian values in America, if you don't vote, what good are you doing? Or if you want to see biblical values in government, what good is it unless you do something to help? Fortunately, biblicalvoter.com is a robust website designed to connect you with the best biblical voter resources out there. So you can be God's game changer in this one nation under God. Using biblicalvoter.com, you can register to vote in minutes or access some of the best faith-based voter guides and other resources in America. You can quickly discover which candidates, pending legislation, and measures violate or support your biblical values and how. Visit www.biblicalvoter.com right now and prepare yourself and friends to stand for godliness. You're not alone. Click biblicalvoter.com, then pray and obey. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome back to Live with Dr. Wendy. Now you just heard uh, our ad for the evening, our sponsor, BiblicalVoter.com. You're going to hear a little more right now about exactly who they are from Larry. You're right, Wendy. BiblicalVoter.com, I know about this uh website. It is an amazing website. It has voter guides from all 50 states. And if you've ever said, well, I don't know anything about that judge or that proposition, you can find it at biblicalvoter.com. And I know we're a little bit far from an election right now, but it's going to come around really fast. Uh, So I'd encourage everybody to go there as soon as you can or write this information down, biblicalvoter.com. And not only that, they have the party platforms compared, party platforms in their own words. So if you have a friend or a relative who's thinking they're going to vote one way, but you would like them to vote another way, you just say, here's the comparison chart of the party platforms. It's an amazing tool, and that also is available at biblicalvoter.com. Okay. Speaking of party platforms, the pajama party is over. The country is opening back up some states faster than others. Now, there is a major split of opinion, as you can imagine, as to whether or not this is a good idea. So we call this the great reopening. First parks, then beaches. And some areas have experienced what we'll call a reversal of fortune as the beaches opened up again and then closed due to lack of social distancing. In fact, Orange County just suffered that. So while we don't want to really call out specific counties and beachgoers, but I do want to bring you some news just in from the city of Solana Beach. Now, this is indicative of many different beaches in terms of, well, okay, so you can go, but what can you really do there? So as of Monday, May 4th, and we'll use this as an example, this just just in from Solana Beach. They put together a plan to reopen the beach in compliance with social physical distancing protocols. Now, that's mandated by the county public health order. 
So here's what you can do at the beach. You can walk and exercise and be in the water while maintaining physical separation. But before you think about what that really is going to be like, keep in mind that there is a big restriction on exactly what your beach going experience will be. And we're going to look at that in context as to whether or not going to the beach sounds like such a great idea. If you go, you cannot stop, stand, sit, or lie down. What can you bring with you? Nothing. No games, chairs, blankets, or coolers. If you have to go to the bathroom, well, there are no bathrooms. And you can read the rest of it. I'm simply paraphrasing a couple of the main points. And this doesn't just relate to Solana Beach. Many beaches are following a safe protocol. And one of the other rules they have is if you are going to be swimming, you must be experienced. Now, you can imagine that subject to interpretation as well. But the gist of this is the rules might swallow up the enjoyment of the beach-going experience to begin with. Many people will read these rules given where they live and decide, you know, maybe we'll just go drag a lounge chair into the backyard and lie out on a towel. We'll have easy access to our snacks and restrooms and different changes of clothing. That might be a better idea, at least for the foreseeable future, as we work this whole thing back out and begin to slowly return to a state of normalcy. So keep an eye on that, depending on where you live. But the grand reopening is larger than simply parks and beaches. We've already been socially distancing in grocery stores, liquor stores, and smoke shops. Got to explain that last one to me in many jurisdictions. We are hoping that we finally get to see some opening of barbershops and salons. And if you've been like me on Zoom calls all day, you know exactly why we all hoping that those places open again. But we're also becoming aware that we're paying attention to what is and isn't qualifying as an essential business. How do you tell the difference? Yes, Wendy. Well, the governor has published the essential workforce, and it's comprised of 16 different sectors. So if you want to go to that the government website, that I'm talking about California now, Governor Newsom, uh, you can find out if your business is, in fact, essential. But I would argue this. I would say that I think businesses that people across the country are really missing are the businesses that they used to work at before the shutdown. And I'm going to tell you a personal story. Yesterday, my wife and I went to a amazingly new shopping center. They put in over, if you can believe this, over a billion dollars in renovations we went to go to a restaurant, a Chinese restaurant called Din Tai Fung. And we were alone in that shopping center. I've been to that shopping center many times, but I felt lost. It's so big now. And they have all the name brands there, but we were alone. I felt like I was in uh, some sort of a movie. I think there's a movie called Left Behind. We felt like we were left behind. And even the directories in the shopping center, which are electronic, were down. So I had to use my phone to get walking directions to find this restaurant. And the food, by the way, is worth the, worth the walk. It was excellent food. But it's almost, Wendy, like we're experiencing something like out of the book of Revelation, uh, like the rapture. I got I news know. for you, Larry. If the rapture occurred, you would have been raptured. But I get the sentiment. It is very eerie. It's almost like something out of a Twilight Zone episode. 
to go to what's usually a bustling shopping mall or city center or transit center or whatever it is, airports are another good example of that, and you're the only one there. Now, I mentioned earlier, I made the joke about sometimes the only fever you're running is cabin fever. But if you were able to return to some of these places that you love, would you feel the same way if you were the only one there? One of the, the headlines that we've all been reading about over the last week is the fact that major league sports may be making a comeback. Literally, but probably not entertainment-wise in the same sense that we're used to. Can you imagine being the only one in the crowds watching your favorite team play. It doesn't matter how good of a game it is. It really wouldn't be the same experience. You might not want to be. You'd rather probably be at home watching it in the comfort of your living room, surrounded by your loved ones. But when we talk about this grand reopening and we debate about what should or shouldn't be essential businesses, and as we look at other states and see these widely diverging definitions of what they consider to be essential in their states, we can only wonder whether or not that is smart business decision-making that we should implement here. Shouldn't we first work on flattening the curve before we open the floodgates and say business as usual? The mask law is a great step in the right direction, but does that necessarily mean that people are going to venture back out even if business is open? Right. I think uh, there's we're starting to see uh, different demonstrations across the country where people are getting frustrated and they just want it all open now. And I'll tell you an interesting statistic, Wendy. I researched this this morning. Deaths in Sweden. Now, Sweden is a country that they didn't lock down. They kept everything going and they're building up what I've heard has been called herd immunity. So they're building up a resistance to this COVID-19 virus. Well, as of today, according to uh, the John Hopkins uh, website that lists the whole world, how they're being affected by the COVID-19, 22,082 deaths so far in the whole country of Sweden. Now, that's horrible. That's horrible. Uh, We don't want anybody to die. But compare that to in New York City alone, as of today, there's been 18,399 deaths And they have been sheltering in place and wearing masks there. So I just think that's an interesting comparison. Uh, Which way do we go? Of course, we want everybody to be safe. And I'm not encouraging you to break any kind of a a stay-at-home order. But that's interesting. Herd immunity versus sheltering in place. Will we be prepared for the next pandemic if it rolls around? You know, these questions are exactly why we rely on the experts. And that's exactly why Dr. Fauci has become so popular. I think some people are going to write him in as a candidate for president because we have to rely on the expertise of those that can tell us what might not necessarily be intuitive for the rest of us. We hear words like herd immunity and we think, oh, that means that there's enough of it. We're we're all going to get it. We're going to be immune. It actually means a certain percentage has to get it first and a lot of people are going to die. Remember, that was originally the plan in the U.K., But that is one of the reasons that we rely on people that can actually tell us these numbers, including why New York City was so high, i.e. the subway system uh, that's actually closed now overnight so they can disinfect. And it makes us think twice about the kind of public transportation that we take. But the fact that we are having this conversation, both personally and professionally and very publicly, The fact that we are all tracking the developments with our loved ones and that we are taking it seriously, 
bodes well for us as a community locally, nationally, and globally. And we hope to continue to talk about not just this subject, but all of the types of headlines that matter to you. And we want to thank our listeners again for joining us for another lively episode of Live with Dr. Wendy. We hope that you will continue to join us every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific time as we aim to deliver news you can use, news that matters to you. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Wendy Patrick. Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 